0: This is Thin Blue Crime, a true crime podcast discussing crimes committed by the police and the pervasive ways in which cops show up in popular culture. Today, we'll be discussing the proposed police training facility in Atlanta, known as Cop City. But who exactly are these cops training to shoot, bomb, and surveil? Tune in.
1: I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Chris. And we are back after a very, very long time. Yes. It was actually really exciting to see some of y'all being like, "When's the next episode?" Like yeah. I couldn't believe that y'all like noticed that we were gone. To be fair, we were surprised gone and honored. No, super honored. <laughs> um we took some time off for the holidays, did a little travel. Mm-hmm. I went to hike in Chile away from people you went to miami are you were living
0: i was sliving it was a
1: great time sliving slay living <laughs> sliving <laughs> i love it but in coming back we're gonna call this like season two mm-hmm. of the new crime new and improved the sequel is going to be better than the original yeah um because we're gonna make a few changes that i think will like benefit everyone. Yeah um first thing we are going to be releasing content every week super exciting for y'all to listen to us apparently because that's what you want (laughs) um we're going to release content every week but we're going to basically be splitting the episodes in half so every other week you're going to get a cops in the culture and every other week you're going to get a more complete episode we wanted to do this because one we want to shorten the episodes we want you to be able to listen to the whole thing on your commute we want it to be quick and fun. But also for those of you who like enjoy certain aspects of it, maybe you really enjoy the Cops and the Culture, or maybe you really only enjoy like the full stories, you can kind of pick your path. And if we have an episode that's a little bit more heavy, because obviously we've had some episodes that are really heavy, that'll be separated from the Cops and the Culture. So you can listen to the Cops and the Culture. And then next week you'll see, oh, that episode is going to talk about something that's really triggering for me. I'm going to skip that one but I still got the cops and the culture good to go. So we just think that that'll make things a little smoother for everyone. Yeah, I, and yeah,
0: it gives us a chance to give you guys more consistent up-to-date um, content too. Which is exactly,
1: awesome. and because we want to like give you all as much content as possible, mm-hmm. but we have day jobs <laughs> and yeah. we have a lot of fun doing this, but you know, it's not paid yet. Yet, Maybe, maybe, maybe in the future, A little foreshadowing we might have a patreon coming in the future we might have some exciting stuff in the works for now though every week every monday is our goal again we have full-time jobs so we're working on it but every monday we should be getting you new content to enjoy to love to rage against cops about super fun
0: this is so embarrassing my ring light just turned off slay that was humbling slay so cops in the culture are separate from main episode that being said um let's get into our cops in the culture and just to quickly contradict everything we just said not a light one really, <laughs> really pertinent really important um I recommend you listen but and timely Untimely. yeah it's happening right now so just trying to keep it real for you let's get into it Um, so today we're going to be talking about cop city uh i'm sure you've heard about it hannah it's i have yeah
1: it's quite all over the internet so the i was gonna say let's get a little debrief though for people who maybe are not as chronically online as we are a lot of people have been calling me that i'm like i don't think it's chronically online to like critically think and pay attention to current events but pop off (laughs) okay cop city
0: so the city of atlanta is leasing 381 acres of forest in southeast atlanta for quote-unquote cop city uh which will function as a training space for police to practice techniques such as crowd control is one that they're referencing a lot now what activists are pointing out among a lot of things is this like if you wanted to do a case study on intersectionality i feel like this would be your spot because there's just so many different factors that come into play Mm -hmm. but a huge one that activists and concerned community members are pointing out is that the cops training at this facility will be training to brutalize civilians like particularly talking about like crowd control it's like they're having like a fake city kind of like campus so they can practice like shooting practice like chasing people down like they're making almost a simulation to brutalize civilians
1: well and it's my understanding that they're also going to do like SWAT training for like Mm -hmm. home raids and things like that and how many stories do we have of people innocent people like personally I think everyone's innocent but like literally people who have committed no crimes yeah being killed in these raids I mean a case that I want to eventually cover on the pod even though I I I tend to stay away from police brutality cases because that's a whole different beast. But a case that I do want to cover is Katherine Johnson, who was like a little old lady who was killed during a raid. And that's what these cops are going to be training to do. I think another thing that I saw that was concerning, I don't know, maybe you have this written down and I'm jumping the gun, but one of my friends from Atlanta was explaining that the fire department would also be using these facilities to do like controlled burning and stuff like that. And Mm. this cop city is like, Near a school <laughs> and near people's homes and stuff. I didn't know
0: that, but I knew that they were they were um creating like areas where they could test bombs. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, and like yeah. Let's talk about the impact that that environmentally and health wise could have on the people in that community as well. Like, is ash right. going to be sprinkled on these kids in their playground?
0: Right, and that was an intersection that I was going to get to is the environmental racism of it all. Um southeast atlanta is 40 about 40 percent black and majority people of color and already suffers suffers from a lot of environmental racism uh in terms of like runoff pollution whatever and like this huge forest is really important to the like ecological future of the community and the fact that they're building this in this neighborhood is like completely intentional if you like know atlanta they wouldn't build this in like buckhead which is like the really rich white
1: no right no and that's what is so frustrating i actually saw some atlanta natives talking about this people are like well the city council approved it. the city council approved it yeah but like the city council doesn't just represent that one particular community that's going to be impacted mm-hmm. of course people in buckhead want this mm-hmm. because people in buckhead want more police and don't care that there's less green space in these black neighborhoods yeah. like that's just not a concern for them but if if they want this facility so bad like put it in their neighborhood because something that I think is really fucked up is the people in this community that's going to be the most impacted the people living around this forest there are aspects of the forest that they actually did want cleanup. up they wanted the city to come in and do something with because it was like a dumping ground. But they didn't necessarily want this like giant cop facility to come in. And they certainly didn't want it to be as big as it is Mm -hmm. and have as much harm as it is. Like we were just talking about fires and bombs and things like that being tested and practiced with in this facility that has health consequences on people who live there. And they don't want that. They want control over that land. And they aren't getting any. And okay. I actually think that there's also a financial component. I don't know if you have anything about that already, where like the tax, like there's something about the taxes where like the people in the community are going to be paying for that facility, but they're not going to actually be, in theory, reaping the benefits of it because like everything's going back to Atlanta.
0: I mean, yeah, that's believable. I know that the land is being leased for ten dollars a year. Maybe it was a month. Maybe it was a month. I don't know. I didn't write it down. But like some like ridiculously low. Yeah. Where it's like, wow, you can you have the ability to do that? Like, why couldn't you lease it to like a community center? Why couldn't you lease it to like a like community like storage ship? Why town? couldn't you
1: restore it as a green space that the locals could? Enjoy. enjoy yeah which exactly. is proven to decrease crime which if, yes. if your real thing is if you want this big cop facility because crime is out of control which i don't know how much longer i can i will talk until i'm blue in the face about how if you want to address crime do shit that's actually proven to address crime but like taking away green space is proven to increase crime right
0: that's hello all the cops for
1: but good thing they're just they're training all these new cops,
0: right? Exactly. So um, I do think I did want to center um an activist that was recently killed by police, a, a force defender is what, uh like the group of activists calls themselves. They were killed on January eighteenth by Atlanta police. Their name was Tortugita. So, I I like. I don't even know what's like most helpful I think it's just a a horrifying incident whenever someone is killed by police right and then looking into this reading all the accounts getting to hear like stories of who this person was from their comrades was really emotional so I'm figured the best thing that I could do is to share some of those insights. So this is from a press release from some activists that organized with um, Tortugita. So Tortugita was a very active part of supporting mutual aid for the community and people in the forest. In Tallahassee, they were a part of Food Not Bombs, a food distribution organization. In Atlanta, they ran a mutual aid account, Brown Cat Mutual Aid. Which raised thousands of dollars to meet the material needs of people of color and those who were defending the forest. One person reached out saying, when I was going through some things late last year, this person was always willing to share the posts I made and even make donations periodically. They would reach out asking me how I'm doing and if I needed help. I, in turn, would share mutual aid requests for forest defenders. They were very kind persons as a friend. They were always willing to help people, to take care of people, in need around them especially queer and trans people of color they were always attentive to others needs and offered the best of them so yeah I, it just seemed i just wanted to share some words from their comrades and mind you other forest defenders who were in the commotion around this killing have been charged with domestic terrorism
1: yeah so the first thing i want to say about this situation is there is no reason to believe the police's story over activists story yeah like like there's there's no reason to and I'm not saying that you should believe activists over police I mean personally that is what I'm always going to do I'm not saying that you should but there is not a single reason why the word of the police is any more trustworthy than the word of activists because police have been proven to lie yeah over and over and over again I don't know how Many times we can say this. I don't know how many times it can be demonstrated. Look at the situation with Tyree Nichols, which is another person who was recently killed by the police. The story around his killing changed too many times to count because police always lie. So I know that people have probably heard, well, the force defenders shot at the police. We don't know that. We, We were not there. None of you know that. None of us know that. There's no way to know that unless we were there. And I guess believe who you want to believe, but the police are proven liars. Yeah. Over and over and over again. And something that is a little controversial, and I don't want to say too much on it because I feel like I could get myself into some trouble. But how do we decide who's allowed to be violent? And when do we decide that conditions are bad enough to justify violence? Because the, people have no issue when police shoot first. They right. don't. These same people who are like, well, these activists shot first. Okay. But when police shoot first, you say that it's okay. So why are police allowed to be violent, but regular people aren't? And I act, I'm not saying anyone should be violent. I'm just saying, how, how are you deciding who gets to be violent and who doesn't? And. I don't know if y'all have looked at history. I don't know if you've cracked open a book in your lifetime, but show me where people fought for their rights and won without violence. And don't say I'm okay. Get the fuck out of my face with that because that's not how that happened. You need to read a book that wasn't the bullshit that your shitty U.S. history teacher who was probably 26 and hungover handed you. That's That's not accurate history. So tell me, tell me where in history somebody fought and won for their rights without violence.
0: And what I'll also say to that is like, these activists are being charged with domestic terrorism. What is domestic terrorism if not the police?
1: Like, well, and like, I didn't really see what they're just, I, I mean, I did not see what the justification was for the police charging them with that. But I, I, Knowing what they did, knowing that they were just occupying a forest, that's domestic terrorism? Just sitting, Part of what was cited was that they had the
0: fireworks. That was like part of part of what was cited for why they were charged with domestic terrorism.
1: Okay, but a bunch of Nazis had tiki torches in Charlottesville, Virginia a few years ago, and those were very fine people, not domestic terrorists. Right, exactly. But a bunch of hippies in the woods with fireworks, that's domestic terrorists. That's who you're scared of, first of all. And also, they're lit, like,
0: what they are protesting, what they're doing is a fight against, like, domestic terrorism,
1: like. Yeah, and the thing is, again, this situation requires so much nuance, because Mm -hmm. I think it is important to note that the forest defenders overwhelmingly are not from Georgia. Yes. So, there has been a lot of discussion that I've seen of, like, well, they're not even from here, they're outside agitators. And I think to that, I say, okay, but, like green space is green space, land is land. They're environmental activists who are trying to keep you from clear cutting a forest. Like, okay, they're not from Georgia, but like that doesn't take away from the fact that they don't want you to cut down this forest. But also the the people who are like, well, these are outside agitators coming into Atlanta and speaking on behalf of the community okay, well, the community also said that they don't want this and you didn't listen. So we can talk about how like the the general community and these forest defenders are not the same person and are not aligned on everything while still acknowledging that neither group wants this facility.
0: Yeah, I also think, I mean, are they, they, do you know if they're like
1: talking to the people like actually in the community? I think there's been a little bit of tension between the community, but I think something else to remember especially in regards to Atlanta we people talk about Atlanta because it's a very black city Mm -hmm. and so there's this idea that it's super progressive but first of all Atlanta is like kind of the mecca of black capitalism Mm. and black capitalism is not progress I hate to be the bearer of bad news but capitalism whether black or white will not free us but a lot of older black folk they don't feel the same way about police that younger black folk do. Mm-hmm. in large part because their version of activism, I talked to my grandparents about this the other day. Older black people as activists had to be very careful about what actions they took if they wanted to live. Like right. black activists who are still alive today, they couldn't be as radical as like a Black panther party, a move, these other, like, Black liberation groups that we've talked about that weren't nonviolent because they would be killed. And that's why those people aren't around as much anymore. They're either killed or in jail. Yeah. So of course, the activists and the older Black people from that era who are still alive don't think that we should be using these quote unquote violent tactics to fight for our rights or for liberation, because in their time, if that's how you tried to fight for your rights you would be murdered or thrown in jail and they think that that's wrong that doesn't mean that it is wrong and i think it's important to note that like just because some older black folk are like more conservative doesn't necessarily mean that like they're right but and there's lots of older black
0: folk that are just as radical
1: I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Angela Davis would not be supporting that facility being built there. Yeah, no, there's tons of, of radical Black elders as yeah. well. Yeah, but to, to my original point, I think that there has been a little bit of tension between the forest defenders and the local community. Yeah. I think some of that tension has been flared up by police's response to local, to the forest defenders. I think it's similar to the move situation that we talked about right. last season, where, like, The community agrees with what the forest defenders are doing in the sense that they don't want this forest to be cut down to build this facility. They don't agree with the methods. Mm -hmm. And so that has created tension that the police are very easily able to exploit. But the thing that I can't drill into people's heads enough is nobody wants this facility, not the locals and not these forest defenders. It's just the rich white people in Buckhead that want it right exactly not in their own. nimby's not in my backyard nimby's yeah well and the other thing that like people don't want to talk about people they're like well the city council approved it the city council approved it okay because it's also going to bring money it's a 90 million dollar facility yep. 30 million of those dollars are coming from taxpayers which is stupid but where do you think those other 60 60 million are coming from from industry and that industry only benefits the wealthy That are already in atlanta that only Mm -hmm. benefits the city council that only benefits the mayor so of course they're not going to complain that 60 million dollars are coming into their community whether it's a 60 million dollars that's going to benefit or harm the community as a whole they just see the dollar signs
0: right well it's not going to benefit or harm the community as a whole it's going to harm specific people in the community that they don't care about anyways and then they want to harm and they want out anyways so it, yeah, it, it, it will benefit them. I, yeah.
1: So most people
0: wouldn't be that straight up about it, but I don't think it's far off either.
1: Yeah. So I think it's really, it's been hard watching this situation unfold. Yeah. I really, I really empathize with the family and community around Tortuguita. That's Tortuguita. Did I say that mm-hmm. right? I'm so yeah. sorry if I didn't. Um, I actually, I posted on TikTok about this and some of their comrades were in the comments sharing some really beautiful messages about them and also just talking about ways to support which is continuing to talk about this continuing Mm -hmm. to put pressure on them I think actually some of the pressure has worked because originally the facility was supposed to be bigger and they cut down the amount the size the facility was going to be because of community pressure
0: so means that something's yeah. working but it's just gotta stop like this is it's crazy um i was gonna say follow stop cop city on instagram they post really really good updates and it's from what i found a kind of centralized place for actions around it if you're in atlanta there's a student action tonight obviously not tonight when this comes out but the people are really
1: organized around it which is great i think just to kind of wind down on this in regards to organizing i was thinking today about the french you know everybody loves to be like oh the french they're so good they're such good organizers and part of why the french are able to organize so well is cuz they have really strong unions mm. and we don't and we're not going to like uh, the way our government is we're not getting strong unions anytime soon but that doesn't mean that we can't still organize the same way that they are and i think it's it's a lot harder Because you have to find ways to support people and protect them from legal attacks that they might face, financial attacks that they might take, things like that. But there's ways to do it. And it has to be at the community level. Quite frankly, we want you all to be talking about this. We want you to be making noise and putting pressure on Atlanta to stop Cop City. But you all don't need to be the ones going and like organizing the action in Atlanta, go mm-hmm. and tap into what people they are already doing. Exactly. Tap In with the community there. Yeah. And when, then when stuff happens in your own community, that's where you get to be the one to take charge and then call on the people that you've supported in other communities to help mm-hmm. you. That's how organizing works. I feel like one day we need to do an episode on like how yeah. to organize. Yeah. Cause I think not everybody gets that. It's, it's hard. It's time consuming. It's, all about building relationships and it's
0: also like you don't have to invent the wheel like you like you said there's most places have these networks already all places have these networks even if it's not named in that way so yeah tapping into like what's already there rather than being like I'm I'm mad about this so I'm gonna start doing something about it like no people have been doing something about it learn from them join them see how you can help them
1: And I get the desire to be like I'm gonna, I'm fired up, so I'm gonna be the one to do something. That's like beautiful energy. I think that's like step zero of organizing. Yeah, you get really fired up, and you start to think about all of the ways that like you yourself can make impact. And and I've been there, but we actually have to get to step one, which is that it's not about you. Mm -hmm. and it's about the community and your community is probably already doing stuff that you just aren't tapped into yet Mm -hmm. and once you're tapped in share your ideas and share your resources and build up and make change in your community because it is going to be you Mm -hmm. like that feeling that you have at step zero where you're like I'm fired up I'm going to go make a difference you are but it's not going to be on your own and it's not going to be like just magically overnight it's going to take a lot of time and effort and community mm-hmm. and like we want to encourage you gaining out to
0: that. trust like in the community i feel like it's going to take you a lot of time to necessarily even be deep in
1: those networks i think something a lot of people don't know about this cop city situation in general is this fight has been going on for over a year this is not a new fight it started in 2021 And so now people are really fired up and people want to go make a difference. And yes, be fired up and go make a difference. But look at what they've already done over the past like year and a half and see how you can build with them Mm -hmm. on top of that. Totally. Well, that's Cops in the Culture. That's Cops in the Culture. Do you want to give us a little
0: tease of the? Our yes.
1: Next so let's let's have a little tease. So next episode, next week, we will be back with our full episode. I mean, I don't want to say a full episode because this is also a full episode. Enjoy yes, this. I feel like episode. we
0: also just talked about it way longer than we would have if it was at the beginning
1: of an episode. Yeah. Well, good. It was necessary. <laughs> it was an important topic. Yeah. But no. I, next I week, agree. Next week, come back. We're going to be hearing about Laurencia and Bembanek, who was a cop, and a playboy waitress, and potentially a murderer. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say too much because, like, the story is really crazy, but this is going to be another one, like, our Charles Becker episode, where we don't know if she did it, but if she didn't, Spoiler alert, another cop did. So <laughs> come back next week. We're gonna be talking about Lori Bembanek. It's gonna be an exciting episode. Juicy. And sounds. I can't wait to share it with y'all.
0: Yeah. Follow us on social media at thin blue crime pod on Instagram, at thin blue crime on TikTok, at thin blue crime on Twitter,
1: right? I think so i'm gonna be honest i've like really been slacking on the twitter no, it's it's, really... i mean
0: the app is falling apart it's they're, fine. They're... I, I like don't enter twitter almost ever yeah
1: we we do occasionally tweet follow us oh. there and you'll maybe like a quick little surprise We're like, maybe, maybe i'll be inspired to start tweeting um but yeah follow us everywhere also keep talking to us about what y'all want to hear about it was mm-hmm. like i said at the beginning it was really exciting to hear you all be like where's the next episode we want more and we're gonna deliver we have like several episodes already planned out ready to go for y'all but you started using a calendar oh we're calendaring it out but (laughs) like you know maybe there's a case that's happening in your community that we wouldn't know about tell us about it Mm -hmm. maybe there's an organizing effort or mutual aid effort Mm
0: -hmm. in your
1: community that you want us to amplify tell us about it we don't want to just sit here and be a podcast that's talking about cops and crime. That's kind of depressing. We also want to be able to share with you all ways to make the world better. Cause if mm-hmm. we're just going to sit here and be depressed, I, we can go to therapy for that. Like we're, that's not why we're here. We're here to make a difference. And part of that is sharing with you how to do that. So yes. if you have ways in your own community on how to do that, tell us so we can share them with more people.
0: Yeah. And connecting the community that's like already tapping into this. I think that's really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Cool. So thanks, you guys. Yeah, this has been so good. Yeah. It's good to be back, oh, back on the saddle or whatever that I know. It. It's really nice. Oh, if you guys have anything
0: that you would want, if we were to make a Patreon, possibly maybe someday. Let us let know. You.
1: Let us know. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye
0: y'all. Hey, this is editing Chris popping in for a quick little note. Since we first recorded this episode, there has been more information that's come out and video footage that strongly indicates that the cop that Tortugita allegedly shot was actually shot by another cop. We'll have more resources on this and more information on our instagram but i just wanted to come in and even if it's not the best audio let y'all know that there's been movements and updates since we recorded this about two weeks ago all right see you next week